The Miami Hurricanes have just received a crystal ball prediction to land one of the top wide receivers in America. In the words of the great Jim Ross, business is about to pick up. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So we are just two days away now from the spring game. We'll talk about uh, some of the true freshmen I think we should watch out for in the spring game. But I wanted to talk recruiting first because there have been some positive updates and trends over the past 24 hours that are very much worth talking about, especially since Canes fans are looking for that momentum. Right, You don't have uh, a lot of early commits. Judd Anderson, the quarterback, committed last week. You've got Abram Murray, a kicker who's been committed for months, and that's it. So four-star wide receiver Chance Robinson has been crystal balled to Miami. Um, here's some of the background behind it. It was Gabby Yerudia at Inside the U who dropped that CB, that prediction uh, for Chance to Miami. So in the early afternoon yesterday, I heard from – someone who I would describe as my top recruiting source, right? Someone who gives me great information when commitments are imminent or when players are strongly trending towards Miami and when players are trending away from Miami. He also gives me this information. Uh, I was notified that Chance Robinson, along with Dylan Williams, who's the four-star linebacker from Long Beach Poly out in California, that they could kickstart this class of 2024, that there are positive signs for both of them being potential Miami commits in the near future. So after I hear this an hour or two later, I see that Gabby from 24 seven, he drops a crystal ball for chance Robinson to Miami chance was on campus yesterday. He's visited Miami's campus countless times. He lives of course, not far away going to St. Thomas Aquinas and Broward. He's visited Miami several times. And then I go on to Chance Robinson's Twitter account for any clues, right? And I notice he dropped yesterday an hourglass emoji, right? In recruit language, that means a decision or some kind of an announcement could be coming very soon. I have spoken with Chance Robinson before. He's a dedicated and motivated individual. I have no doubt he's going to succeed as a wide receiver at the collegiate level, where whether it's at Miami, hopefully Miami, or anywhere else, I have no doubt he's going to be a great player at the next level. He absolutely loves Miami Hurricanes wide receivers coach Kevin Beard. If Miami does indeed land Robinson, we have KB to thank, because Beard, you guys remember, um, you know, what, what was it a month, month and a half ago when Beard was hired by Miami? It happened right before spring football started. One of the first things that man did was call up Chance, right? That was one of the first phone calls, maybe the first phone call that Kevin Beard made. The two of them spoke. They speak a lot. 
and Kevin Beard has been putting in the time on Chance Robinson's recruitment. And Chance described to me when I spoke to him and with others that his conversations with Beard, uh, they are completely unique from any other coaches and recruiters out there that he talks to, that Beard is able to connect with him on just a different level, and the two of them just really, really click. Okay, so based on everything that went on yesterday, what I was told, uh, what Gabby at 24-7 put out there, uh, I am going to pretty confidently drop a Dono ball in favor of Chance Robinson committing to the University of Miami. And I'm also going to drop a Dono ball for linebacker Dylan Williams, four-star linebacker, to commit to the U. I think hopefully soon, I don't have timetables, exact timetables for either one, but hopefully soon Miami is going to land a couple of four-star commitments to really help kickstart, that was the word that I was told, or you know, jumpstart, create an avalanche, create momentum for this class of 2024. Um, remember Miami's class of 2023, which ended up being a top seven class. You didn't start to get serious momentum there until June of last year was when they really started dropping. So I don't want anyone freaking out in April when even last year, and I'm not saying necessarily you get a top seven or a top 10 class this year. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you not to panic by only having two verbal commits right now and not having any four or five stars yet because that momentum didn't start until June of last year. So don't worry so much about what's happening in April of this year. But let's talk a little bit more about Chance Robinson, who I really hope Miami lands here in the near future. Bonafide consensus, four-star wide receiver, about six foot two. 190 pounds. That's what he's listed at. Obviously, by the time he enters college, he's probably going to be a little heavier than 190. Remember, he still has his senior year of high school football to play. And Robinson, he is the type of outside threat that Miami needs to stock up on. We all talk about our need and our want for taller outside wide receiver playmakers. Chance fits that bill perfectly. We need this guy at Miami. We need his type at Miami, okay? Uh, as a junior at St. Thomas Aquinas last year, which, of course, you're facing top competition when you play at STA, he recorded 540 receiving yards, caught 13 touchdowns last year. He averaged almost 19 yards per reception. We talk about going vertical. How Shannon Dawson wants this offense to go vertical. Tyler Van Dyke, the quarterbacks, they want to go vertical. All of Miami's receivers want to take the top off of these defenses. That's what Chance Robinson does best. This guy plays vertical. He tracks footballs incredibly well. He's got really good hands for deep balls. So hopefully, fingers crossed, KB and Mario are able to get this one over the finish line because – I would love it, whether it happens days from now, weeks from now, months from now, hours from now. I would love to give our guy a welcome to the U in a way that only I can do, okay? So hopefully that happens soon. Uh, so you know, let's talk a little bit about linebacker Dylan Williams, who um, you know he's well-traveled because he plays all the way out there in California, yet the momentum is trending in Miami's direction for him. Four-star linebacker, six-foot-three, 210 pounds in that neighborhood at the moment, heading into his senior year of high school at a powerhouse program out West, Long Beach Poly. That's a powerhouse program in Southern California. 
when you watch Dylan Williams' high school footage, you can just tell that this guy is a man amongst boys out there, even against good competition. He just looks different. He wears the number two, and he's everywhere on the field and in the opposing backfield. Great vision and awareness, really good quickness and range, and he's a big hitter, which you always want from Power 5 linebackers. So this is someone, Dylan Williams, the reason why he's trending to Miami now, this is someone that Derek Nicholson, Miami's linebackers coach, and Mario Cristobal and uh, Lance Guidry as well, the defensive coordinator, they've really made this young man feel like a priority. Uh, According to Chad Simmons of On3, USC, who was once considered the favorite in Williams's recruitment, they're falling way behind to the point where, uh, you know, apparently they almost might even give up at this point. They're falling way behind his recruitment. Miami is emerging as the leader of the pack. Um, Williams, he visited Miami unofficially in March and had a good unofficial visit down here. He does plan to make an official visit in June, not only to Miami, but also to Texas. Hopefully, you know, if he hasn't even committed by that point, hopefully Miami nails that official visit and maybe he won't even take the Texas one. We'll see. Uh, that would obviously be the preferred scenario here. So that's good news in recruiting. Um, so also, I, I wanted to bring this up. I'm a little bit more skeptical about this update here that um, I I also uh, have heard some positive, really positive buzz for JoJo Trader from Chaminade, who is a five-star receiver. I mean, if if you can get both Chance Robinson and JoJo Trader in this class, even though you're you're going to miss out on Jeremiah Smith because he's, unfortunately, he's Ohio State through and through. But if you can get Robinson and JoJo Trader, you're hitting home runs in wide receiver recruiting. Um, so I'm not ready to drop a Dono ball for JoJo Trader, even though I was given some positive news on him for two reasons. I'm not dropping a Dono ball for him. Not yet. Okay. Number one, I hear mixed reports on how strongly Miami stands for him. One source tells me he's like almost certainly a cane. Another tells me that Florida is still very much in the mix. So I'm going to take a step back. I'm not making any predictions for JoJo Trader. Um, And also, you know, from from what I've been told by someone who's uh, who's pretty close in covering his recruitment, who has spoken to him in person multiple times, I suspect that Trader he might wait until National Signing Day or close to it before he makes any sort of an announcement. So if he does decide to wait until you know November, December, or you know he might even make an announcement before then, but would continue taking visits, maybe something like that were to take place. You know, if he's going to kind of wait until later in the process, I think it's too soon to make any sort of, of a prediction, but I'm cautiously optimistic as to where Miami might stand for him. There's a bit of a bombshell in the transfer portal, a player that at one time Miami was trending for, and they're not anymore. I want to get to that more when we come back. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And I hope you're keeping it locked to FanDuel. I don't know what the heck happened to my Miami Heat last night against Atlanta. They were favored by five points against the Hawks, and they lost in that play-in game. So you know what? I, I, I might sit a couple days out in the NBA and focus on baseball today. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're all back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel. America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, 
and then get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. That means you have nothing to lose on that first bet because if you lose, you get it right back. So do not miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. By the way, um, all the recruiting that we talk here on these episodes, and that's going to start to heat up after the spring game because Miami plays their spring game on Friday, full recruiting mode after that. Uh, we give you guys a lot of exclusive updates and scoops before we even get a chance to talk about them on a show. If you join our subtext texting platform, we have a special SMS texting service for Locked on Canes through subtext. I'm going to include a link in the show notes below in the show description on how you guys can sign up and join our exclusive texting service for Locked on Canes. It's completely free for the first two weeks, uh, so there's nothing to lose the first two weeks. And if you decide you like it, you can opt in $4.99 a month after the first two weeks. And we try to give you guys a lot of value in return. It's also a nice way to say thank you because we don't take donations i don't give you guys my cash tag or anything and like oh give me money i want you to give me money nothing like that but if you do want to help support us financially through subtext we give you a lot of value in return exclusive show notes scoops practice observations stuff like that so click the link in the show description if you want to join our special texting service uh, to hear from me and you can do one-on-ones with me as well on subtext so this was uh very disappointing this from the transfer portal. So uh, the father of Gary Bryant Jr., I guess that would make him Gary Bryant Sr. The Gary Bryant Sr. gave an update on Jr.'s recruitment. He's the, uh, the USC wide receiver who's in the transfer portal. And at one time, Miami was very much in the mix for him. You remember there was that weird situation where Bryant made a visit down to Miami. I think it was in January. Um either December or January, when Miami didn't really have an offensive coordinator, but he still came down and visited, and Miami seemed to be making a, a positive impression on him. But here's what Senior said about Junior's recruitment. I think this was yesterday this interview came out. We really haven't heard from Miami as much recently, he said. They were coming really hard for a while, but it's been quiet, and Gary hasn't mentioned them much recently. So it looks like Miami has uh, has gone down the pecking order for him, and Arizona seems to have taken Miami's place there. Uh, from a Miami side of it, like this is strange to say the least. I've got a couple of possible explanations, but like it's very strange to think because I know for a fact Miami does want to bring in another receiver in the transfer portal, like. If anyone thinks, oh, you know what, maybe the guys who are already on campus are doing so well in spring, they've decided they don't need somebody else. I don't think that's the case here. I think Miami does want to add somebody in the portal. So to think that a guy like Bryant, who's one of the best options available in the portal, that Miami's no longer recruiting him or reaching out to him, that's odd and it's uncharacteristic. Because if there's one thing we know about Miami's recruiters from Kevin Beard to Mario Cristobal to Shannon Dawson, they're pretty relentless with their communication, right? Like it's very unusual for anyone who Miami considers to be a priority. It's very odd to hear about them not reaching out enough. Like that's, that's not something. So that tells me here 
A, perhaps, perhaps Miami's board has changed since the arrival of Kevin Beard and Shannon Dawson. Because when they first started recruiting Bryant out of the portal, that was when uh, you still had technically Josh Gaddis was still the coordinator and the wide receivers coach. So it's possible, and I would find this odd, that maybe they don't see Bryant as the fit or the priority that you know the previous, uh, previous coaches might. I, maybe their board has changed. Um, it's... You know, it, it's an odd thing because I look at Gary Bryant. I think this is a tremendous player who could fit just about any offense, but that's a possibility. Another possibility, and I think this is more likely, okay? This is more likely why Miami has toned down their recruitment of Gary Bryant. This could mean that Miami perhaps has a silent commitment or they're trending for another or a couple of other transfer portal receivers and maybe they no longer view Bryant as a take because perhaps they didn't know exactly where they stood with Bryant, and maybe you're getting positive indications from others, so you've toned down Bryant's recruitment. I think that's a possibility. I think if you're if Miami is no longer reaching out to Bryant the way that they used to, um, that tells me perhaps they're confident in landing someone from somewhere else. You know, I'll bring up a name. Um, Tyler Harrell, I know has, has been someone that Miami has been looking at who started his career at Louisville, most recently played at Alabama. He's in the portal. I wonder if that might be someone that Miami could be confident in landing, but, uh, I am a little bit disappointed to hear that Miami apparently has backed off from Gary Bryant jr. I just hope there's a good explanation for that. Okay. Oh man. Um, so I want to get into some notes from Miami's top early enrollee freshman players who have just been crushing it in spring football because among others, Ruben Hurricane Bain and Francis Mauangoa, they spoke to the media yesterday. Ruben Bain, who looks really, really good on Miami's defensive line, uh, has been pitching a tent in the opposing backfield. He's been living in the backfield so far. And Francis has been getting reps. Uh, Cece, they call him. That, that, that's his nickname. Cece Mauangoa. He's been uh, working as the starting right tackle in spring football so far, and they both spoke to the media. A couple of highlights. You know, Ruben Bain was asked how he's been adapting from high school into college. Uh, I can tell you before we even read Bain's quote, he's adapting quite well because he's very noticeable out there on the field. He says it's going pretty well, trying to get adjusted, learn a new speed of college football. Everything is happening so fast, he said. It's not so different from high school. Just the play calling, little technique stuff you have to listen to with the coaches, stuff you have to learn, he said. Now, Ruben Bain, he's up to 270 pounds, and he's got the motor of a defensive end and the size of a tweener defensive tackle. He can play anywhere on this line, but he did say that he may want to drop about five pounds before the season, get around 265 to get just a little bit quicker. Uh, he also, you know, he talked about the technique stuff there, little things you have to learn. He says that he's trying to tune up a few things in his technique that little things that you can get away with in the high school level, but you can't get away with, you know, against your Miami teammates. So he's trying to refine his technique a little bit. Uh, he was asked about Francis Mauangoa on that offensive line. He said, we go at each other every day, always trying to go against each other one-on-one, -on -one. do that. 
iron sharpens iron, like Cristobal likes to talk about, he said. So on Maui Goa, he says, he may win some, I may win some. We're always battling each other, trying to get the upper hand. So I love that. Now, Francis, a.k.a. CC, also spoke yesterday. He talked about the transition coming out of high school. He says, the transition is not that bad. I was at IMG. It's not a big difference, he said. IMG prepared me. But the competition has changed a lot. A lot of these guys are experienced, college coached, tend to go hard on everything. The competition level has been raised up. And on that competition level, and we talked about this with Bruce Warner yesterday, who was at the most recent scrimmage, uh, Miami's coaches always try to do everything fast. The transitions between downs and drills are always really quick. It's military-like, the pace that they work with out there. So I, I think that that's something that they do a better job of than the previous coaching staff, like the guy who was here before Mario got here, where it's it's more of like a – it's more of a military-like pace and tempo at practice. Like the, the whistle is always blowing, and it's always blowing very, very quickly to get guys back in place. So I, I think what Francis says reflects that. Uh, so Francis, I mentioned, CC, he's been running with the first-team offensive line. It's an honor to run with the ones now, but it's still spring, he says. It's a pleasure to gain that trust from Coach Cristobal, Coach Mirabal. I'll do whatever they want me to do, technique they want me to do, position they want. I'll try to earn my spot right now. Everyone's trying to earn their spot and he's well on his way to earning that. I think whether or not he stays at that first team, right tackle spot come September, that's really going to depend on what happens if, and when Zion Nelson gets healthy. And if Zion gets healthy, does, does he walk right into first team left tackle and then does that maybe move Jalen Rivers to kind of a swing position off the bench? Or does Jalen get bumped to first team right tackle in place of Francis? Um, so I, I think that's the one question there. But the more and more days and practices that go by, the more confident I am that CC is going to be Miami starting right tackle week one, no matter what happens with Zion. I, I don't know if you can take CC off the field. When we come back... I was asked a great question on Twitter um, about the freshmen who aren't early enrollees, like the guys who are not on campus yet and what sort of a role we could see them playing because there's eight of them, I believe. And a handful of these guys, I think, can make an impact year one, despite the fact that they're going to be behind and not being a part of spring football. So we will talk about that more when we come back. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So as far as uh, Miami's freshmen who are not early enrollees, um, I, I think a handful of them can get on the field year one. I really wish the young cornerbacks were already here. Damari Brown and Robert Stafford. I wish they were here already. Now, obviously, even though they're not here, I'm sure they're communicating with Miami's coaches. They're studying the playbook. They probably send these guys some film and videos that are coming out of practice. So they're doing mental reps. I have no doubt about that. So they're not like completely behind, but they're definitely behind not being out there because Stafford and Brown, they both play with a lot of physicality, right? And if they could have been part of spring football, that could really help them get ready to get more playing time year one. Because I look at both Brown and Stafford, Damari Brown, Robert Stafford, and physically, 
I think these guys are big and strong enough that they can they can get on the field as true freshmen, right? Like we see sometimes, and there were a handful of these guys even last year, like Cyrus Moss and Markeith Williams and maybe Isaiah Horton, where like some of the true freshmen last year just like weren't physically big enough and strong enough to play year one. I think most of the guys in this freshman class 2023 are big and physical enough to play right away. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see Brown and Stafford. They're both they're both aggressive and they fit the type of defense that that uh, Lance Gidry wants to run. Uh, defensive tackle Joshua Horton. He's kind of a wild card. Uh, he's already got the size. He's already around 300 pounds. Um, and he's got that sort of size that Miami's been lacking with defensive tackle depth because they don't have enough of these 300 pounders. You know, and he comes from a premier high school program, Langston Hughes in Georgia. So depending on like how fast he can get up to speed in fall camp, we might see him get some PT next year. No guarantees. I don't want to rush him on the field or anything like that. And, you know, whether we see him on the field, I think that's going to depend a lot on how Ahmad Moten does in his second year. Because Ahmad, who's over 300 pounds, I think Moten really has to step up this year. And what kind of an impact will the transfers, Branson Dean and uh, and Thomas Gore, what type of impact will they have? So if if these guys all do their jobs and improve, maybe we won't see Horton as much year one. Um, let's see. We got the running backs. You know, we talk about them a lot, so it's not like I've neglected these guys. Mark Fletcher, whether he's here right now or not, he's not. I expect him to play year one. I do. First of all, the learning curve for running backs is not as difficult as a lot of other positions. And Fletcher, you know, I don't know exactly his age right now, 17 or 18 years old. He's already bigger than most ACC running backs. I believe Mark Fletcher is special enough, strong enough, fast enough, big enough, smart enough. I, I think he could walk right into Miami's running back rotation year one, especially if Players like Don Chaney, who's healthy right now, and Travante Citizen, who's still recovering from a knee. If if those guys struggle with their health, Henry Parrish is going to be the number one back this year. But depending on what sort of consistency you get from Chaney and Citizen, Fletcher can waltz right in and play a role on this running back rotation. I have no doubt about that. Whereas, you know, Chris Johnson, who's the other running back, true freshman who's not on campus yet, he could be a secret weapon. He's got that track speed. He can be a home run hitter in space. You can line this guy up in the backfield, in the slot, run some gadget plays with him. Uh, I think you could have some fun plays with him. Uh, there's some interesting linebackers who are not here yet. So Malik Bryant and Bobby Washington are here yet. We haven't seen Marcellius Pulliam and Popo Aguirre. They have not arrived. I don't know quite as much about Pulliam. He looks big, though, to me. Um, but in the case of Aguirre, this guy played Big-time high school football in Georgia. He looks physically ready to me. So, obviously, Bobby Washington and Malik Bryant, they've got the advantage of arriving early. Malik has dealt with, uh, I think, some, some minor injuries. Um, now, I can see Bobby. I think Bobby's going to be the one who plays the most this year out of the true freshmen. He's been really impressive. Uh, I don't necessarily think the other three will play as much in season one. Uh, and then the other guy who has not arrived early, but I have seen him on campus. He's visited a few times to watch practice. Offensive lineman Frankie Tinelau. He's he's a man child. This guy, he's gigantic. So he's not enrolled early. Uh, I did I, I got to meet him and shake his hand at at a practice he was at in street clothes, visiting 
probably two, three weeks ago. So I shake his hand and my, my very average sized hand completely disappeared into that canned ham that this guy calls a fist. Like he's, he's a giant. He's going to be a bit of a project Tinalau because coming out of high school, uh, he only played, I think one year in the USA. He came down, he came over here to play at Miami LaSalle. He grew up playing rugby in Australia. So I don't necessarily expect him to play much at all in year one, but I think Frankie is going to be a nice project for the future from Miami's coaches. So keep those things in mind. Um, folks, I want to send you a shout out and a thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen today and make us your first listen every day. I know we've got so many of you great listeners and viewers out there who I hear from constantly on social media. And I hear from a lot of you guys on our subtext chat. And thank you so much. Those who have joined up on that already and, uh, and keep it going, my friends. And if you're listening to us on an audio version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your pods. Make sure to hit five stars and give us a five-star review if you have a little time. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button. Hit that thumbs up, smash it, and subscribe to our channel. We will talk to you again tomorrow or maybe later today. You never know what might happen out there. We'll talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.